Hello and welcome to a season debut edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. I'm going uh, retro. I'm bringing the opposing beat writer uh, on, which which I like to do. I used to do more in the past. But Jovan Buha, you are up here in Chase Center to watch Lakers Warriors. Just like last year, that was the season opener in Staples. And the Lakers felt like slight favorites in the West going into that. The Warriors shocked them. Kind of wanted to see if the Lakers would return the favor tonight. They didn't. I'll get to kind of my early takeaways. I know you're obviously looking at it more from the Lakers side of things, but uh, what was just kind of, I guess, your initial overarching takeaway tonight? Well, as LeBron said after the game, this game went about as expected, which isn't necessarily something you want to hear uh, if if you're a Lakers fan. Um, you know, he, he talked about how great the Warriors are and how the Lakers have a, a lot of work they got to do. And um, I think really there were no surprises. Like I, I was talking to some people pregame and I said I thought it was going to be a blowout loss for the Lakers. They went one in five in the preseason. And uh, right now they're very small and they can't shoot. And that is a losing recipe <laughs> in, uh, in 2022. So I think from the Lakers side, like, you know, definitely the, the shooting is a concern. I think as the game went on, uh, the, the Warriors continue to pack the paint and, and really just disrespect their shooters as they should. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Lakers, the, their offense looked better in the preseason, but tonight it really devolved into a lot of 80 isos and, and really, you know, force feeding LeBron and AD. And like, it worked for stretches, but. You know, both guys, I mean, they combined for almost 60 points and the Lakers still lost by, you know, almost 20, really 20 with the regulars. So, like, I just think for the Lakers, um, they got to figure out the offense. And, you know, LeBron talked about after the game, like, they just don't have shooting. And it's hard to win in 2022 without that. And, like, it's not impossible. He made a football analogy of, of like, you know, just because you're not a high-powered offense doesn't mean... Um, you're not going to be a good football team, but they also aren't that great defensively either. So uh, I think really like those who are pessimistic on the Lakers and we're projecting them to be like a nine or 10 seed. I I feel like this was a W. Yeah. For for the Warriors, like it, you know, it it felt like they were, they could have blown this game earlier. They didn't open earlier. They didn't play that well. Like like Jordan Poole didn't shoot well. Steph Curry got hot late, but got a bunch of good looks in that first half. I think at the rim and, you know, corner threes and, and just, you know, driving kicks and, like, they just couldn't really make a shot. It, like, th- this was not a good shooting performance from the Warriors, but um, you, you did see the avalanche in the third that usually comes. Uh, Lakers didn't respond well to that. Um, you know, I, I thought AD had his way, and, and that's something that for, for the Warriors kind of projecting out, like, how they match up with a Jokic or an Embiid or, or someone like that in a seven-game series, like, that's something they're gonna have to figure out. Uh, but but again, I mean, they, they won the game pretty handedly, so it's tough to to nitpick. And you know, Clay's gonna play more. Obviously, Draymond's gonna play more. Steve Kerr said before the game he was kind of trying to limit those guys' minutes tonight. So um, I, I feel like this was the Warriors at like a three out of ten, if that. Like in terms of um, foot on the gas, and they still kind of cruise to to this win in the second half. Yeah, it looked to me depth with the story where you have a Lakers team um, who, I mean, the number three person on the roster. I don't know. First of all, who would you consider the third best player I on guess the roster? Russ, but I'm mean, he was tonight. I mean, he shot seven to twelve, but overall, I'm, you know. I, anyway, uh, yeah. but from him, we'll call him number three for now through fifteen, or we could just say three through ten in normal rotation. 
you know, of the playoff hopefuls might be the worst three through ten in the league. Uh, whereas the Warriors, uh, you saw it tonight. They have a starting lineup that just came together so well in the playoffs. They, they had the best net rating of any high-usage lineup in the playoffs. They were plus 26 in the finals, plus 64. They've been together. We all know what they are. They're, they might be as reliable of a five-man unit in the league. Their six-man is overqualified. He's a starter. He just signed a four-year $123 million deal. Uh, he's everybody – like every – Vegas outlet has him as the favorite for six man of the year. Like he is a six starter, very good six starter. So you're six deep there. Dante DiVincenzo and Joe Michael Green, you saw tonight, look like good free agent additions that, that fit the Warriors style. Joe Michael Green, five offensive rebounds and hit two threes. They want him to stretch the floor. They want him to be rugged inside. He did his job tonight. DiVincenzo, they want him to play a little on ball, a little off ball. They want him to defend. He did his job tonight. So that's eight veteran solid rotation players and eight is typically a very good rotation let's get to the young guys then you have uh jonathan kaminga who's very intriguing he was he was probably the worst of their 11 rotation players tonight but we all could see some tantalizing upside with him james wiseman started year three back after missing a year backup center i thought he was good played some pick and roll you know he looks better he looks improved and you know now we're talking about that's 10th man in the rotation moses moody played in the rotation in the west finals last year he was like had a some pretty good moments against Dallas in, as a rookie in the conference finals. He's thought to be ready for like 25 minutes a night. He's the, you know, these are three recent lottery picks. He's the 11th man in the Warriors rotation tonight. He couldn't get in until the middle of the second quarter where, you know, you're sitting there like, when's Moses Moody entering? And it's just, I mean, we kind of knew it coming into the season, but to see it displayed tonight where it's like, this team is fucking deep. Yeah. It's really, really deep. And then you put that on the floor against the Lakers and it's just, that I mean, that to me was like the starkest contrast tonight. Where it's like, yes, we could talk all we want about AD and Rush and sure, or AD and LeBron. Yes, they're scary if you get them in the playoffs, but like depth matters in the league and just the difference in depth. Like, think about if Jordan Poole is a six man for the Warriors. I mean, what is he on the Lakers? <laughs> it's the third best play. I mean, yeah, like by Clint, far, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think the other thing too that that stood out to me was, was continuity, right? And and I mean, you just mentioned. Um, you know how many returning rotation guys that the Warriors have and like for, for the Lakers this is a brand new rotation and they've done this now three years in a row where it's like you know it, it's going to take them a good 10 to 20 games to even develop any type of continuity and you know I, I think that that's a problem right like you, you can't you know, with the margin for error, I think with both this team and just in, in the larger scale, like the, the Western Conference, you can't get off to a slow start. And like the schedule makers did them no favors. They, they got Clippers the Warriors, next, Clippers yeah. next. Like they're going to probably start 0-2 uh, and the sky's going to be falling. But, it, you know, it's I just think for, for them, like you, you saw when things got tough and, and the game kind of tightened up. The Warriors were still loose, and I know part of that's like the championship pedigree and stuff, but a lot of that was just continuity and those guys knowing each other so well. And I thought for the Lakers, it just got very disjointed, and it was like, you know, as things started to unravel, they just completely took their foot off the pedal, making a lot of car analogies tonight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, again, it was kind of about expected, in my opinion. Like, the Lakers... Had some good moments in the preseason, but ultimately went one in five. Like, you know, you can't really be too encouraged by that. Um, and, and honestly, like, the other thing to me is, like, the, the the faces change, but there's still a lot of the same issues that they had last season. Like, with, with the shooting, being too small on the perimeter, um, some of the rebounding stuff. Like, 
just being so reliant on their stars to carry them. Uh, I think for the Lakers, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to overreact to game one. It, it, it's one of 82, but again, a lot of the things that you were concerned about coming into the season and, and really looking at this roster really bore out, I, I think, through the first 48 minutes tonight. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I want to see them go through a stretch where they're playing like, you know, kind of league average teams. You know, this is a bad matchup for them because yeah. like the Warriors are as, as good as any team about like scouting report defense. Like they are not the Celtics from an athletic standpoint yeah. defensively, but they know exactly which way they want they should funnel you. They know which shooters to leave and they do it very well. They can bait well, the Lakers you. that was, that was yeah. pretty <laughs> but they're very good at baiting those yeah. shots where, you know, you play uh, you, you get a stretch where you go Magic, Pelicans, uh, you know, name your just, you know, random teams. Like, I want to I, – I do want to see this Lakers team because they do – like, LeBron looks good right now. He looks fresh. And I thought Dave, Davis looks better than he did last season to me. And this, is, this goes back to – some good stretches for sure. Yeah. They had some good stretches. And, and like, I, I thought AD's defense, especially in that, like, first quarter where he was just – wreaking havoc with, with you know tipping passes and there was, steals and blocks yeah there was like, one was, play where pool kind of drove on him and you know pool was really passing it well tonight he had a couple really nice bounce passes and he was trying to like bait ad on the drive didn't really want to shoot over him but was trying to get him up enough to like curl a pass around him to wiseman and davis stops the layup and then also just like bats the pass too and it's like there are not many just bigs in the league that can make that play defensively so i just you know that's encouraging to me like the number one and number two on their roster look good entering the season and that that should lead to some wins against you know not the best teams in the league um what it how about warriors wise like what stood out to you like is it a certain player or or i mean obviously the draymond stuff looms over kind of the situation but he's back ring night um, wasn't really like you know I I thought he played okay played fine he clearly wanted to play more he was uh, you know kind of you could tell he was talking to the training staff every time they brought him out like really you know why am I coming out type of thing I think Clay was a little bit like that I talked to Clay post game he said he was he kept going to the back to get shots he, like during this first half stretch where so Clay plays the first five minutes and then he doesn't come back to like five minutes left in the half because they're really limiting his minutes. He was actually in the pra- practice court taking jumpers. Oh yeah, while the game was going on because he was trying to stay fresh. But uh, I don't know, just early Warriors takeaways. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they they like you, you know you, you hear about championship hangovers and and I, again I thought they were a little rusty tonight, especially in the first half. But um, just the. I think that the offensive and defensive versatility of this group, like 
just their ability to, to switch. Like, I, I thought the Lakers were trying to hunt mismatches, and, and there were situations in, in which they were able to create them. But for the most part, Warriors were just able to switch a lot and, and prevent um, a lot of that stuff. But, like, I thought Clay looked solid, even though, um, you know, didn't play that much. Wiggins had, uh, you know, a, a big stretch there in the fourth quarter that the Lakers had cut it, I think, down to 12, and, and then Wiggins hit a few shots. And, like, I just think they come at you in waves. And, like, even if someone's having an off night, um, they, they've got multiple guys that can drop 20 to 25 in, in any given moment. And then, of course, Steph is, is Steph. And, like, he had a, co- a quiet, relatively quiet-ish first half, first you know 30 minutes or so but then in that third quarter he exploded and um i think just you know the 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 fear that he strikes in uh in opposing defense like four point play on pat bev like pat bev got cooked tonight right like he he, uh it it was a rough night for him uh i think they're enjoying that because there was a ring night a couple years ago um it wasn't ring night they but it was the it was the first game ever in chase center and kd had just left um, Clay was out because he had torn his ACL, and the Clippers were in here with Kawhi. They had, I think, they had just gotten Kawhi, and that's when Patrick Beverly had the. You might have yeah. been covering the Clippers at the time. The quote, like he, yeah, like he, he told Steph on the bench, the like you had the ne- you had the last five years, I got the next five years. So I think they enjoy Warriors fans. I mean, enjoy. I would say another thing was just like looking at the moods of the teams, and I know it was ring night, so maybe it's not the, like the the best comparison, but you would you would think the Lakers were the team that had a player punch a teammate and and kind of have a dramatic last couple of weeks and a bunch of tension and again i know it was ring night so and by the way that tension has like not left the warriors like that remains uh there's yeah i would say like jordan Poole's answers about draymond green remain a little icy uh i think draymond did he talk about him tonight uh, he was asked someone about like the he if there's been like healing within the situation and he was like yeah, we just came to do a job tonight. So I, I'm paraphrasing. People can go look it up. But, um, so I wasn't there just, for that, but yeah. I, I guess just like observing the two teams, it well, was like there's a lot yeah. more tension on the Lakers' side. And, and for, yes. from, at least on the court, like, and, and just kind of throughout the game, just observing, like, it, it felt – and, it, you know, of course, ring night, Warriors were up. So, like, you know – And I, they weren't threatened. That's the thing. Like, the yeah, Lakers just didn't seem to really threaten them. Um, in a in a way, the NBA I think that it's, it was a gift they scheduled the Lakers and not you know they're playing the Nuggets Friday like that's gonna be a much tougher game, and I think it's easier to be up for that type of game when you're not doing a whole ceremony celebrating yourselves basically pregame like it's, it's hard. The Warriors had a bad first quarter I think part of it right you you're sitting there like looking at your own highlights for for 20 minutes pregame um, the. The other thing, you, you kind of mentioned the, the Warriors coming at teams in waves. I think just the youth of the second unit is very interesting. It does provide a different look that even past Warriors teams who, that have been very deep didn't have, which is just suddenly they, you know, Wiseman and Poole are running a bunch of pick and roll. Like, yeah, which is a like, lot more pick and roll yeah, with that which, second unit. Which is very on Warriors, but, I, you know, Steve Kerr mentioned he thinks it's good. Like, it's just like a different look. Like, if you, you're bringing in a sidearm lefty, essentially, um, because you're used to playing the flow and everything that Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and then suddenly like this seven what po- seven foot one pogo stick center who has a lot of skill. I mean, he still remains pretty raw, but uh, you know he's got those. Qu- if he can get downhill, get a ball like he's just quick, you know, catch and dunk and pull the way Pool was passing to him. I know they've wanted to pair those two in the second unit for two years now, 
even last year when there was thought, hey, Wiseman will be back in January. Wiseman will be back in February. That's, that was the chatter behind the scenes. Like, ooh, I wanted, you know, they wanted to see that what that second unit might look like. You saw it tonight. And, and DiVincenzo can run a little bit of pick and roll too. But uh, it makes for a more dynamic, I think, regular season Warriors team. We'll see how the rotation might formulate before the playoffs. But and it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of more fun to watch. Yeah, no, I, I thought Wiseman, I, I know we, we had talked about him um, a couple years ago, and I think you saw the growth. Like, I think the finishing was still a little raw, where, like, the, there was a couple... That donkey, like, kind of missed. Yeah, like, yeah. The, there was a couple of, uh, you know, bunnies that, that he missed. Um, but defensively, I thought he, he had some good moments where, like, th- there were times where I think he would have jumped that stuff before, and he, he stayed on the ground and, and just kept his arms up and... and remained big and, and, you know, was able to uh, affect the Lakers in the paint. Um, so, you know, I, I think, like, the, the Warriors are so good. I, I really want to see them against the Clippers. Like, that, to me, is uh, are probably the two best teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, and, and really, I think whoever wins, like, that's my pick right now for the Western Conference Finals. And, and I think whoever comes out of that series is my, you know, team to, to win the finals. So, um I want to see that matchup, and and you know, because Clippers have a bunch of wings. You know, they're very they're almost like Boston West. Yeah, theoretically um, built well to defend what the Warriors do. Yeah, and it, it it almost feels like they've kind of built their team to you know go up against the Warriors in in, in some regards. So um, I know we're we're kind of getting a you know after game one <laughs> of the regular season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, and and I, I guess to your point about the Lakers, like I, I do want to see them against mediocre teams but look like they've now had their last two games of the preseason were you know quote-unquote dress rehearsals from darvin ham and like you know more regular rotation we're, we're gonna kind of build some momentum going in the regular season uh the king they, is they, like they ran blown out floor. by the timberwolves <laughs> they lost by 47 to the kings and then they lost it was this 47 game. that king's yeah. game was 47 <laughs> so like it's just i don't know like it, it's i think I think this roster is definitely better, um, and, and you know they're missing a couple guys. Dennis Schroeder and, and Thomas Bryant have the same thumb injury, which is really weird. <laughs> like, and both were just kind of like randomly like, but yeah, had surgery on their thumbs. Um, and you know I think those guys can help, but you I ain't mean, turning a season with Dennis you're Schroeder. About, and like they just Bryant. don't have guys in like the you know they don't have those tweener forwards that every kind of modern contender has like multiple of um you know jta like you know i, I think can be in a rotation but they're relying on him yeah kind i of mean as their primary JTA, backup forward like, jta was not in the warriors playoff rotation yeah. and now he's like a pretty vital rotation member for them. yeah so i i just don't i think they gotta do something um you know obviously i think the, the easiest path to upgrading the roster is trading russ maybe there's another path maybe it's buyout market maybe it's it's trading someone else but like i don't think as constructed this roster is so imbalanced in in, in terms of it's basically all guards and centers and they don't have those in between guys other than lebron jta um and that's pretty much it so lakers got to figure that out um i think we already knew that but you know i I think their issues in the preseason and regular season are, are bearing out that like this team no one's going to defend them at the three-point line. Everyone's crashing the glass against them. Um, and, you know, like, if, if they're not getting out in transition, 
their half court offense hasn't looked that good. So some some concerns for the Lakers for sure. But I I think to your point, like I want to see give it a few games. But so far, um, little concern. Yeah, and I I also do wonder about like the the top level the separate team stars can reach, which was and again it's one game, but you felt Steph Curry grab control of this game tonight and, and close he closed the door shut it uh pretty easily and then you know he's 34 he's going to turn 35 he's obviously aging very well lebron who is the pinnacle of aging well in the nba is 38 um and it's just i don't know like i wonder if that top gear is still there because there were times tonight it felt like you know this this game could be wrestled back into like a you know, basically a really tight game, and there was never that LeBron like just complete takeover mode type situation. And again, that's one regular season game. I'm not judging completely based off that, but you know, for the Lakers to make any type of noise this year, LeBron needs to be able to do what Steph did tonight uh, against the Steph Curry's of the world, against the Giannis's of the world. And I just, you know, it's very understandable if that those days are fading for him considering his age those days should have been fading like five years ago for him but i do you know you just watch a game like tonight and you're like he might not be in like the elite of the elite category when he has these goliath battles anymore and if he's not then again we're talking about like a nine seed probably yeah and and i think this was a a good barometer for where the lakers currently are you know again they're going to watch film. Darvin Ham, uh, you know, is going to make adjustments. Like, um, I think one thing we didn't really touch on is the starting lineup, and and just, um, you know, Russ was benched in the preseason finale against Sacramento. Uh, w- within a few minutes, injured his hamstring, and then tonight, kind of blamed that on on saying. Which, he, by the way, he had done last year too, right? Yeah. Remember they. They benched him at the end of a game, and then it, he said he hurt his back because he wasn't used to sitting for for so long. And like, <laughs> so I guess I mean, look, things like, are I, going I great in Lakerland. And then you had LeBron saying that the team has no shooting, and and you know we weren't constructed this way. And like, it's just yeah, the the, the post game quotes were honestly more exciting than the the actual on court stuff for the Lakers. Sounds like last season. Yeah, but um, I, I think. For, for them, like, if LeBron can't get to that top level, like, I mean, they're they're kind of screwed, but <laughs> yeah. you'd hope AD would take that mantle. And yeah. I thought he did at, at, at times tonight, but it also felt like some of the stuff was just kind of like empty points where it was like, okay. Um, His first quarter felt loud, then the rest of the game felt yeah, kind of quiet. And, I mean, the, the thing they're up against is, like, a lot of matchups they are going to be trading twos versus threes. And, like, they, they you know, they also lost – the, the free throw battle tonight they lost the possession battle like you, you can't you know give up a bunch of offensive rebounds turn the ball over more not get to the free throw line as much and not make as many threes like at, at some point that all adds up to a blowout loss so that's kind of been like their recipe during the preseason and like at some point you know th- that has to change so um i think they're gonna get better but you know they do consider, you know, they want to be a playoff team. That they want to be a team that is pushing a Warriors, the Clippers, the Nuggets, first round, second round, whatever. And I think there's just a ways to go until they get there. All right, well, one game down, eighty-one to go for both teams. Uh, I think me, Marcus, and Tim will be back with the Warriors plus minus on Thursday, I believe. 
And then uh, Nuggets and Chase on Friday, which feels like actually like a pretty intriguing game. Talk to you then. Hey, PJ, you need a little more Tillman in you. <laughs>